Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, and we are going to get diving right into today's episode where we have two guests with us, and I am so thrilled. We're going to be discussing gamification in the elementary, but before we do, we need these two uh, to introduce themselves. We have Jamie and Tobin with us, but uh, yeah, give us a little background for those that don't know, that don't know about you. Okay, I'm Jamie Halsey, and I teach fourth grade in Roseville, California. This is like Jamie's 27th time. On, on well played yeah. we absolutely love yeah. having her from the first one to this one all, all great <laughs> and i'm tobin halsey uh i teach second grade in the sacramento area of california that's awesome this is tobin's first time on the podcast and delighted uh tobin you i hear through jamie have been kind of following her journey not only like in terms of trying some, not only in like listening to her do these things, but also trying some of these things in your classroom, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, being that we're a teacher family, um, a lot of our dinner talk is um, <laughs> what's happening, some strategies we're using, you know, um, what we tried out, some ideas, especially, you know, brainstorming stuff. Um, the teacher yeah. brain never shuts off. It never shuts off. And our doctor loves it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, Tobin, you said second grade. Jamie, you said yeah. fourth grade. So, hence the whole sort of topic for today's podcast centered around elementary. I taught elementary many, many moons ago, and I did do some gamification in there. That's where it actually all began for me. Um, but I'm curious from your guys' perspective, like, how did you begin? You know, like, I don't know, a lot of people try something little and like tiptoe in a little bit. Well, you know, what, what did that look like in a fourth grade class to start gamifying? And what did that look like in a second grade class to start gamifying? Or at least your journey. There is no right or wrong answer to it. I think Tobe was the one that discovered it first, actually. And he brought me on board um, a, a long time ago. Wouldn't you agree when you went to that? Um, I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um, would say yes. Well, I've always been a lover of games, all things gaming. It was video games, board games. I mean, my first love of games was going to my great-grandmother's house, and she would have all these amazing, you know, at the time, they were the amazing board games that I, you know, felt I felt were really cool and you know it's like your Yahtzees and your she was an amazing Scrabble player and I just going over there was this magical experience and that set me on a lifelong love of anything gaming um and so in class I you know I could tell very early on especially my first year of teaching that I had especially one kiddo in particular that just was school was not his thing mm-hmm. as a second grader and so when we do, when I do small groups and pull his group, you know, I was, I was trying to rope him in and I know he liked Power Rangers. He liked uh, superheroes. Um, he, he drew some of those. And so I'd be like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this. Like, just imagine you're, you're facing the big boss. Right. And like, so we're, we're answering this problem. So I started trying to rope him in that way. And that really kind of started the journey for me. Kind of like going, what, how can I make this 
you know, this, you know, get not just him, but all the kids like him and all the other ones with it. Because, of course, the other kids in the group were like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Right. Sure. And, you know, and it was clumsy and, you know, not well thought through. It was just really spur of the moment kind of things. But you you, you kind of saw the power of that early on. Um, I love I love that story because I think it reminds so many of us that it's that power of the imagination, right? Like it can be crude. It, it doesn't have to be polished. Making some of those things polished, yeah, like can maybe get it to greater heights. But even that base layer of just the power of imagination and connecting through relationships, right? Being in that fellowship of the game uh, can be a transformative experience. And you saw that when you did that with that student. Yeah. And then you really saw that it was then it became him consenting to the education, essentially. Yeah. Because, and I don't think I realized at the time, I definitely couldn't put it into words like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was that, that thing. And then I started, um, they were into the Pokemon cards, right? Sure. I'm like, okay. So I started doing some kind of incentives a little bit like, oh, okay. You know, you get to this, this, read this many books we were doing, um, What's it called? Uh, AR. AR. So AR was kind of big at our school at the time. And uh, so he was one. He actually achieved a Pokemon card. And at the time, I was like, okay, let me buy some Pokemon cards that they like, right? So nice. this particular one. Yeah. And again, very crude, very rudimentary. <laughs> but, um, and after that year, um, I was like looking for some PDs to do um, to get some units as well. And uh, one of them was a gamification course that was uh, that I that I I took, and that was online and everything else. And uh, I think it was one of the Cap Q, yeah, mm-hmm. which is one a of lo- the Q events. Q event. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little one there, and I believe I'm not sure if it was that one that referenced your book, um, Explore Like a Pirate. Nice, so, I like that. Woo. Uh, and then there was a couple other ones. So I started going with that and then I was telling her, I'm like, and she was like having a hard time. Like, what are you doing? Like, how does this work? And she's like, is this like grades? I'm like, no, it's not grades. I'm like, I don't know if I can explain it. I'm just, it's, it's just there. It's just like, you're just hooking in the kids and they do more. And I had like at the time, like my second grade, my three top AR um, kids mm-hmm. were so far above everyone else in school. It was crazy. Like, they took the top three and they had like some kind of, uh, you know, our little ceremony, you know, award ceremony. Sure. And I had three kids that were, I mean, the next, the next one for how many books was, I mean, it was like 30 books last Wow. because I got them hooked in and then we, you know, I started doing like legendary stuff and all this stuff. And I, and you know, you saw that power and you're like, oh, like how can I, how can I make this all fit together? Yeah. And, how can you round the out the experience? Yeah. That's, that, as I think Jamie knows, can be pretty addictive too, right? That you just, let's tweak this. Let's add that. Well, what if I did this? Oh, my gosh, that could play off this other thing. So, Jamie, you saw this power or heard about this power over the dinner table. Yeah, it was kind of actually it was like an evening walk kind of a thing. We'd be walking the dogs, and I would keep – I was constantly asking questions like, okay, tell me how this works again. And then, like, I think you and I kind of came up with this – like the next level of gamification where Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that with my students who were reading books. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, as a family developed this whole, um, this whole 
animal. It was kind of like, what, what was that game that it was based off of? We like ripped off all the um, images from, but basically oh, yeah, yeah. as kids leveled up with their reading, they could get an egg and then the egg, they could level up again. And then the egg would hatch into like a critter. And so, uh, so we had kind of the system built that we built together. And then our daughter came up with all of the names and all of the uh, images for all of the different critters nice. and eggs. And we just, it was like a family affair. It was kind of crazy. And then he used it in his class. I used it in my class for AR. And it worked pretty seamlessly, I would say. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like this idea of the family coming together to create this game experience. I love, Jamie, to hear this backstory because I only know you kind of post all of this. I know you, once you had started to gamify, um, you know, I didn't. I never knew that sort of backstory of getting you into it. I mean, I know you told me that your husband led you down that path, but that was about it. I mean, like that was the only sentence I knew. So yeah, it was. It was really. It was like this organic thing. And then we would talk about different games, like forever and a day. Like we talked about how could we bring in settlers of Catan into the mm-hmm. classroom, and how would we do that? I think it, at some point you had a when you were student teaching. I think you you thought of. Um, like trying to bring that into into the classroom during student teaching, and it was just like almost untenable. There are too many pieces, and but but it was always like in the back of my head, which was um, I don't know. Like we we love games, we've always loved games, and so bringing in those mechanics and then trying things out and then bouncing ideas off of each other, it's been fantastic. I uh, know that you guys love games, so I'm going to just give you a game suggestion here. But you have to get it from the publisher's website because it's sold out everywhere else. But it looks amazing. It's called okay. it's called For Science, and it is a collaborative sort of dexterity game that's super modular. So you can dial up its difficulty, dial back its difficulty. You can dial up its time length. You can dial it back so it can be as short as like seven minutes long and it can be as long as like i think 30 minutes uh super, what is it called again for science or for science okay got it yeah oh cool it's uh by gray fox games so if you go if you google that uh mine just shipped today and i can't wait to get it one of my favorite youtubers Ooh, so you haven't played it yet i have not played you- i have not played it yet at all so I can't like fully give it the endorsement, but one of my favorite YouTubers that I follow, uh, they gave it Game of the Year for last year. So wow, very cool. I know I was like, ooh. but once ooh, they once they announced that, that's where like it sold out everywhere. Like once they said that was their favorite, I was like, oh my gosh, I want that too, and I can't find it anywhere. Uh, so. That's awesome. That was a well, bit we of definitely a... listen to your um, recommendations, and usually every Christmas, I always get them one of your um, recommendations. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for listening, and thank you for playing. I mean, you guys both love games, and I just think more people should do that. But that is not the point of this episode. So that was the <laughs> beginning. Now my question for you guys, now that you've both been gamifying, I know, for years, actually, uh, I want to hear about it, like... What is it like in that second grade classroom? What does it do for your kids? What does it do for you, the educator? What does it do for your lesson planning? I mean, there's so many questions there. You don't have to answer all of those. You can take whatever twists and turns you want. Um, what's it like down in second grade in a gamified class? 
I would say, I mean, the, the essence of it is it, it makes teaching fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to, you know, prepare lessons and to prepare a gamified unit uh, and to find those connections that you, you kind of see as you go through where you're like, oh, I didn't see how this fit in like last year, but now I see how this all ties together and you can tie it into a narrative and those narratives stick. Like, you know, you see not only in your, your kiddos this year, but then, you know, I was just, just the little things, you know, we do, you know, I do a Avengers Academy. So we have, we do a Wakanda salute, which works out perfect in the time of, you know, COVID and you know, how, how we are. Right. <laughs> and I have, I have kids throughout the school because I, that's how we greet in the morning, how we greet at the end of the day. And throughout the day, all my kiddos that I've had, like, they're just, they're saluting me. And other kiddos that aren't even part of my class start, they start giving me their salutes. And uh, I love that. I love you just, that. You just see how like it creates this meaningful educational experience that, you know, that, and that's what we want. That's I, I would, would imagine that most educators want is our, our kiddos to really have that love lifelong love of learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we can tie that to something where there's a narrative and they have something memorable, I mean, hopefully they remember some, part of this second grade experience of, of what they've done or what they've created. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of going on on that, but that's kind of. No, thinking of you're, what you what you described to me was kids feeling connected, connected to something bigger. And as such, they brought them their whole selves to the, to the experience. And by doing so it became memorable beyond not only the walls of your classroom, but, even the grade, right? Like you're saying that as they move into third and fourth and they see in the hall, they're still remembering that. And that is something I love. I mean, like I teach at a K-12 school. I teach sixth grade. And when those high schoolers have a free period off or whatever and they happen to meander down, they're like checking out middle school or whatever, I mean, they'll swing by and they'll remember. I mean, they'll ask, like, how's the House of Illyria? And you're like, that was six years ago. <laughs> six years ago. And you're asking how the House of Illyria is, you know? And if if that happens to be Illyria that they're bopping in on and they're like, that's us. And, you know, they're, then they're all like, woo, like, you go, like, go get them. Like, like <laughs> that's crazy to me that six years later, they remember what house they're in. They remember, I do these Greek Olympics and they remember... You know, when I tell them I'm doing the Greece unit, they're like, oh, I was Sparta. So, like, now they know they were Illyria and they were Sparta and they're asking about these things. That 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 shows a real connection, not just, like, saying we did group work and, you know, like, group work's important. Like, no, this is a this is a true bond that is, that is yeah. shared. And that, for me, has always been the most effective teaching that I've ever done when you create those true bonds. So. Yeah, agreed. And then putting it in that theme just makes it all the more immersive and memorable. The, right. theme, the theme's fun, right? Like, because it, it allows you, it's that imagination too, right? It allows you to somewhat escape into something different. And I, I wrote about that in Explore Like a Pirate, this story of when I was in class. And to me, it just seemed like such a missed opportunity when the teacher was up there just droning on and on with the lecture. And I was looking around and I'm like, 
we have like 22 kids in this room, 22 like friends, 22 peers. We could do something like kick a butt. But like I'm sitting here in a desk just listening to this teacher drone on and on and on. I mean, little did I know how hard that is to do as a teacher. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> to do that on a daily basis or whatever. But it definitely struck me as a kid, like we have this shared collective moment together. I, I mean, as a teacher, here's the best analogy I can give you to, to sort of turn the tables on the teachers. How many staff meetings do you go to that's just info out that could have been an email like right and you look around and you're like here are all the people here are the top talent of our school coming together to do what oh sit and listen like same same for your classrooms like there's there is a moment that you could create an experience that that they can't do on a weekend like they're not gonna have 25 of their best friends in their house at the same time like you have such an such a moment there and why not yeah right yeah like why not make it fun like why does it have to be this um arduous thing why can't it be playful and joyous and um i don't know that's what that's where it sticks is when it's fun and immersive and i would say just the analogy i use um not only do i like video games but i love movies of the 80s um (laughs) and Sometimes I think in those terms, like it, it's funny how that kind of goes, but um, I always think like a well gamified class is one, you know, and Cobra Kai is pretty big now. Yeah. We've been watching that. And I was, I loved Karate Kid. And uh, one of the beauties is the whole like Mr. Miyagi having Danielson do the, you know, wax on, wax off. I mean, everybody remembers that, right? Yep. And paint the fence. How was that? Paint the fence. Paint the fence. <laughs> and not realizing that in those activities, I mean, even though they weren't fun, but it was still like not realizing that when you put it all together, you were learning. He was learning all kinds of things he didn't realize he was learning. Mm-hmm. Now, those are more mundane, menial tasks. But at the same time, I always think of like if we put together our lessons in a well gamified like theme and activity that all of a sudden our kiddos just later go, wait, I, I know how to do all these things. I've done all this part. I've done this part over here and I've done this part over here. And it comes together in this, this way. That's like, where sometimes we're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize I liked reading or I didn't realize I, you know, like this stuff. It's because we've done it in so many fun ways that they're like, Oh, I don't have that negative association where I'm just pushing back or putting my feet in the sand and making you drag me through it. I don't have to drag them through it. They yeah. they come willingly. That's so true. That's so true. I like think about the gamified experiences in my class, which is in elementary. It's sixth, but it's right there. It's on the cusp, right? Um, the The effort they put in because of the invitation to do something larger, because of the groups, because of the theme, all you know, whatever. And maybe for different people, it's different hooks. But the the output just seems to be so much greater. Um, we're doing a current project now where kids could optionally choose to do this philosophy activity. I like over designed it because I was a philosophy major, super <laughs> loved it, super nerdy, and it is an optional task. So I'm like, well, like I don't have to feel bad if like not everybody can do this. Like that's not like this is optional. 
And like it amounts to sixth graders having to take these independent, like I don't teach you them. Like they go on this website and this website will then kind of correspond to the what's written. So like they have this packet that they're kind of doing. Um, but the packet doesn't have the directions. It's almost like, it's almost as if the teacher was there, right? Like the, they're reading on the website and the teacher sort of says, you know, tell me what's the difference. Like what in your words is the definition of opinion on their sheet. It just says opinion. So if they're not like reading the screen, then they don't know what to do with this sheet. Right. All said and done. I think they end up writing something like eight pages. Uh, when you, when, wow. they go, when they go through all the activities, it's the most I've ever had them like write or do. Um, and again, this is all independent, like reading and writing, thinking, and they're not easy tasks. If you ask my opinion, uh, and the last piece of it is their reflections over the activity. Did you like it? What did you get? What you know? Overwhelmingly, kids are like, "This is one of my favorites." And hmm. in one hand, it's got to be the driest one I've done. But on hmm. another, there was a bit of a theme. Like it's not just a white Google Docs. Like I made it look kind of Indiana Jones esque using Google Slides like kind of handwritten kind of stuff. There's like little sketches in the corner. Sometimes I have to interact with the sketches. It's definitely cool. But in the end, all they're doing is writing. But it's that theme. And it's that connection to like, you are doing something huge. You're doing philosophy. This is a course. It's no like it's not a course for sixth grade. You guys can't do it. <gasps> what do you mean I can't do it? Right? And then like <laughs> they stretch themselves. And then they're so proud that they do it. But all that is gamification, right? Wrapped around serious content there. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I think that's the big misconception is that it, a gamified class doesn't have rigor um, and it's not based around content, which is completely false. Um, 100% false. So. <laughs> 100%. Uh, so. All right, so Jamie, in your class, what is one of the things that like, your students get and you see? If you're, if you're another elementary teacher listening to the two of you or yourselves talking, like what, what would you want them to sort of hear? Um, I think what it's kind of taught me and taught my students is um, how to collaborate and create something that's bigger than themselves. Um, so just, uh, interacting with each other and, you know, it allows me to kind of coach them through that process, um, working in a guild on, you know, a task. Um, and I find that, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of tweaking, but they really enjoy working together and they love creating things together and what they create as a, as a team, um, is pretty spectacular. Um, whether it's a Lego challenge or a Play-Doh challenge or a group writing uh, project, they're, they're in it and even presenting. Like we did the text quest um, mm -hmm. EMC2 I love text uh, quest. thing. We did the Area 51 um, theme, which is not Star Wars, by the way. It's aliens. So, <clears throat> But we were reading a story <laughs> about aliens. <laughs> We were reading a story about aliens and it fit perfectly. And so we would open up with kind of a debate, which was more of a presentation. They would have to 
answer a question um, and they could pick uh, a low level question, a medium level question or a high level question and then present to the class as a group. And then after that, we would have kind of our standard lesson, but usually it involves some writing and some building um, and definitely some presenting as well. And they absolutely loved it. And it was it was hard. It was, you know, they had to get along. They had to um, share the work. They had to collaborate together. And um, and they they by the time they were done, like I just saw so much growth in uh, how they conducted themselves together and in front of the group. So it was good. It was really valuable. And that's the kind of stuff that I see regularly from using uh, gamified techniques and mechanics. Yeah, like I don't see how you can't hear that and say like, let's give it a try, right? Like, cause no one here, right. no one's here saying you have to turn the entire classroom upside down. No one's saying that every day has to be a gamified adventure. Like, but why wouldn't, why wouldn't you touch that? Why wouldn't you tap into that at all? So I hope if you're listening, you know, you, you hear that a second grade teacher, a fourth grade teacher, a sixth grade teacher, that is wow. Two, two and two. That is, whew. that is interesting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's a whole lot. Uh, I know, too, working with John all the way up in high school works there, too. I mean, like, give it a shot, right? Give it a shot. Um, you guys, we have we have to get to reflection time a little, a little earlier because there's three of us. So I want to make sure there's time for all three of us to <laughs> process today's quote. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, all right. Do I do we first assign the order in which we're going to say this, or do you want to hear the quote? Oh, if you, you know, we want to hear the quote. Oh, oh Jamie didn't like that, <laughs> so I can pass it off in case I. <laughs> this one, I think we could all do a really good job on. Um, and if any of you want to play at home, you can use the hashtag Well Played Podcast. Oh yeah, and tell us your thoughts. Quality is never an accident it is always the result of intelligent effort that's good come on that is really good that's good i need to process for a moment processing (laughs) jamie processing are you passing it on to me let's hear what you have to say and we'll we'll tack on well one i absolutely love this quote found it the other day did it with my students um one, I like the first half, right? Quality is never an accident, right? This idea you can sometimes luck out on things, that's true, but like quality takes a level of intentionality, right? You don't stumble into quality. So I like that first part. And then the other part is it's it's always a result of intelligent effort. I like the way that sentence lands, right? Because it's not intelligent design where you're like, oh, maybe that maybe that is out of reach for me. Maybe I may maybe I'm not a good enough history student, math student, whatever. But it's intelligent effort, right? So that really is we we all can aim towards quality because we all, if we choose to, be intentional and use intelligent effort, and we can we can make something of quality and of note. I love that. I could tack on to that. So I'm kind of thinking it from both a teacher's side and a student's side, right? So, um, you know, it really does take a lot of thinking on their behalf to kind of uh, get 
uh, go through the game, but because it's so fun, um, they aren't realizing how much thinking there is involved in the tasks that they complete. And then for me, and I think maybe maybe all three of us, it just stimulates the intellect, like thinking through the different tasks and putting things in order and thinking about theme and wrapping it all together. Like it just kind of taps creativity um, and taps my brain, which I really enjoy. And I think it does the same for the kids. 100%. And I would say the, uh, really the part of the quote that I, uh, that resonates with me is the intelligent effort as well, because what it makes me think of is, um, really that built-in reflection component of it. Um, It's not just pre-planning. It's not thinking out every detail, but it's that after you've produced something or at least started your whatever you've done is that you reflect on that and then think, well, how can I tweak it? How can I change it? What can I do to this to improve this? And um, as applying that to a gamified class, um, in the a lot of the work products that I use, my kiddos um, voluntarily um, edit their pieces, um, which was a struggle a little bit early on. But the way we do things, they want to have that quality yeah. coming in. They want to show that, especially when we show that out. So it is that it's not a – and a lot of the stuff we do, like – we're, we're not done with it when it's done. It's almost like never fully done. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to kind of move on at some point, but I like to make sure they have stuff that, you know, is, they can produce, but then they can go back and go, okay, how would you change that? You know, now that you see that, what can, what do you see that, you know, you need to improve that. And then they're really proud of that once they voluntarily, especially when they do it on their own, they consensually come, come back and, and then re-edit that that piece. And then they feel that pride in that quality from that, from that piece. I, that's, that's the way I kind of see that. I, I, I really like the way we all took that in a little bit of a different spin and a little different angle. And that really shows the the multitude of truth that can be just based on perspective. Um, I hope everyone that's listening can take, take that view, any one of those views, or I guess their own and kind of apply that in their classrooms. Hopefully, in a opportunity to try gamification, you know, give, give that quality experience, uh, to their students. Well, guys, I have to say thank you so much for joining us on well played. It's been wonderful having you again, Jamie and Tobin. So nice to have you on the show. Absolute loved it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. You bet, guys. Uh, once again, I'm Michael Matera, and as always, stay connected, share your ideas, and check out the latest at emc2learning.com. Join us as a fun engagement engineer. Enjoy your week and play on.